0: This episode of The Startup Life is brought to you by People Ready. Startup Nation, you have a lot on your plate. The last thing you need to stress about is finding quality staff or the available work you need to be successful. Save time and headache by working with a trusted staffing partner that meets your everyday needs. PeopleReady is a national staffing provider with over 600 locations across the country and 30 plus years of experience serving people just like you. They specialize in a variety of industries including retail, manufacturing, logistics, general cleaning hospitality, construction, and more. People Ready understands that you're busy and on the go. That's where their mobile app, JobStack, comes in. Use the app to place orders or find work 24/7 or wherever you are. And as social distancing continues to change the way we interact with customers, colleagues, and our everyday lives, JobStack provides the ability to find the right temporary workers or work you need while eliminating the amount of physical touch points needed in the staffing process. Visit PeopleReady.com forward slash Startup Life to learn more about how you can partner with PeopleReady. This episode is sponsored by Swanson Health. Startup Nation, Swanson Health has been producing quality vitamins and supplements, foods, healthy home, and self-care products for over 50 years, since 1969. From the heart of America, Swanson Health carries over 20,000 wellness products at a great value. Pick up all of your favorite health products, plus discover new ones for your wellness routine, all while leaving money in your pocket. If you want to try any of Swanson Health's great products for yourself, use code STARTUP20 for 20% off at swanson.com. We have a link there in the show notes if you listen to the replay on the podcast.
1: It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson.
0: All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is the Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, as we engage and we move forward, we start to reopen the economy, you know, uh, as we deal with COVID-19, the coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, one of the things we're starting to rethink, not only how remote work is going to be done, but also how we go back to school. Schools are starting to think, figure out how do we, you know, reintegrate the student? How do we integrate, reintegrate back into learning? And I think our guest today is a perfect person to kind of help us out with that. He is a graduate at the University of California, Irvine. He majored in economics and he's also the founder and CEO of, of online com, a rapidly growing ed tech platform where students can receive college credit toward their degree tuition free he is my man grant aldrich ga what's up boss <laughs> Dominic, thanks for having me. Oh, no worries. No worries, man. Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the startup nation today, my man? I hope
1: so. I hope that I've got a few nuggets after these long 15 years that someone might find interesting.
0: Oh, yeah. There it is. There it is. That's what I like to hear. So let's go ahead and you know, get this thing rolling, man. So if you would, man, just kind of share with us your origin story a little bit, if you would.
1: You know, I actually have a very sad tale that I think a lot of people can relate with, okay. which is that, yeah, I spent most of my career on The wrong path and very unhappy. Gotcha. And this is important because I, I, you know, many of us all had a dream of what we wanted to be when we grew up. And my dream always was to have freedom. And, you know, it was funny that even from a young age, I just wanted to be free. And I didn't know what that meant. Right. I didn't know what I would do with that freedom, but I knew I wanted it. And so, right at college, I got involved in my first startup. And the sad irony is that over the next 13 years, essentially, I became a slave in the pursuit of freedom. Mm-hmm. And I looked at freedom as something that you have to attain at the end of a tunnel, as opposed to something you can live every day. Yeah. So to summarize, I was working in a startup that I, I really enjoyed. I had a lot of fun in my early, you know, all through my 20s and early 30s. But I was, I, you know, I, I had created this organization and systems that were not me that I didn't enjoy doing and I was working in an industry I didn't care about. You know, I was helping pharmaceutical companies make money and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good job and you can be happy, but it wasn't the right thing for me. So I think a lot of people and probably your listeners can relate that I finally had that moment of introspection where I said, you know what? I want to know myself. I want to be happy every day. I want to do something I care about. And that was the whole genesis of where I'm at today.
0: I want to ask you this, man, because I know we're going to talk, you know, at great length about your company, OnlineDegree.com. Startup Nation, we have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the replay on the podcast but, you know, I, I came across that, you know, your mom was a guidance counselor and many of us who, you know, went through high school and stuff like that. We rely on our guidance counselors to kind of help us with scholarships and, and you know, our career paths and stuff like that. Did she kind of help, you know, we, in this direction of moving the company or starting the company, OnlineDegree.com and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, it was such a huge deal. And, you know, you're actually the first person ever asked me about that. And oh. that, I think that's very uh, insightful because you're right. It, it, it was a key piece. Right. And for for me getting where I am today, both getting through school and then coming up with the idea for an online degree, right. it really can't be understated. Because you know I took a very traditional path to college. I went, I graduated high school, mm-hmm. rolled right into a four year university, and my family didn't come from money. So gotcha. the whole goal was to try to save as much money as possible, get in the best school I could. And my mom, being a guidance counselor, was really invaluable in that. Right. I, she was able to help me craft a plan. So I came into school with you know, AP courses and some college credit and things like that right. to be done a year sooner. And so that experience and all the tips that she gave me, I think most people never get. And I wanted to duplicate that experience to help other people save as much money towards their mm-hmm. college degree as possible, but just twist it now for a working adult as opposed to a high school student
0: got gotcha, you got gotcha. you thank you for sharing that you know it, it's funny you mention that you know because as we dive into you know uh you know our new normal if you will if you want to call it that or not you know the coronavirus or whatever you know a lot of people are starting to rethink you know their career paths right now you know i know we always talk about you know we're talking about degrees and stuff like that we're talking about usually talking about high school students going to college or college students and stuff like that but i think a lot of adults are starting to rethink you know, their career path. And a lot of them are starting to go back to school. And one of the things I always say is like, you know, when there is a economic downturn, if you will, one of the best things you could absolutely do is go back to school, right? Because while you're while the, the economy is kind of stalled out a little bit, you're gaining some tools and some knowledge. So that way, when it comes to ramp back up, you're hitting the ground running. So I, I appreciate you sharing that for sure.
1: You're absolutely right. Yeah, I think what people realize is that this is the time to invest in yourself. Absolutely. I mean, in a time, yeah. I mean, we, as we all know, COVID-19 accelerated something that was already happening, That's which true. was... The globalization, the robot automation, you know, the the erosion of the American job opportunity is has already happened. Right. And this is accelerating that. And, of course, a lot of these jobs will come back and it's not going to be, you know, this isn't going to stay just like this. But people need to look and say, am I in a career, first and foremost, that I'm, I, am I happy? Am I happy every day? Do I enjoy what I do? Do I feel that I'm getting paid? the right amount of money for the time that I'm spending. But then they have to look at and say, hey, is this industry going to survive? Is Absolutely. this role going to survive? Yeah, because I think a lot of people, I mean, look, we, we saw this when globalization first happened and all of these manufacturing jobs just vanished right. from our economy. Right. And now I think the next wave is going to be the robot automation. I mean, there's literally going to be robots taking our jobs. And right. so we have to do everything we can investing into ourselves to make sure that for the jobs that there are going, the new jobs that are going to emerge, we can be as competitive and ready to take advantage of those.
0: Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. And, you know, to kind of jump on that as well, uh, grant, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because like when we talk about AI, we're not just talking to, you know, taking over jobs and stuff like that. We're not just talking about like manufacturing jobs. We're talking about like supercomputers like Watson doing stuff like paralegals would do. You know, when we talk about su- <laughs> like, seriously, when we talk about Siri yeah. and, 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 and okay Google and stuff like that, like at the drop of a hat, you can get this information. You know, we're talking about paralegals. We're talking about how, you know, even at some point i've I've seen robots flip burgers i've I've seen robots you know put up drywall now right now obviously it's in the prototypical you know beginning stages but it's like if anybody who's paying attention you can see where this thing is going and so i appreciate you sharing that because it's not that we're trying to say you know be like the sky is falling but it's a certain there's a certain reality we have to face is that fair to say oh
1: i think you nailed it exactly and you know you, I mean, I think you identified it. It's going to transcend just the manufacturing jobs where we see robots, you know, making cars. Right. And it's going to come, yeah, right into this. And, you know, and I think the sad thing, though, is that you, you know, this, you're, you're way out of the curve. You're, you're a visionary thinker in the space. You know and you see what's happening. I think a lot of people, though, are not looking and they're deluding themselves. You know, I give a good example. Um, trucking. Most people mm. don't realize Yes. Yeah. Most people don't realize there are 2 million trucking jobs in the United States and if they actually pay pretty well, it's hard work, but they on average make, I'd say probably 70, $80,000 right. a year. Mm-hmm. And there are robot trucking convoys on the road right now right. that are, they estimate within a very few years are going to wipe out a good portion of those 2 million jobs. And so, you know, as, that's just one industry. But what are those people going to do? Right. They're all of a sudden, you know, they've been driving a truck and well, let's say for I don't know how many years, how are they going to transition to a career? It's scary.
0: Right, right. You know, what, let me ask a follow up question because I, I want to ask this and this is related to, you know, what, are, you know, what are people who are maybe displaced by AI and stuff like that? Because this conversation comes up all the time uh, as well when we talk about AI, universal basic income. Right, you know, people have started to propose this and stuff like that. Where do you stand on that, Grant? What's your take on it? I guess. Yeah, you know, ultimately,
1: I'm a very compassionate person. I want to help people, but I'm actually against this. Okay. And the reason I'm and the reason I'm against it is that I believe that the market will always do what's right eventually, not necessarily right away. Gotcha. But I think that the market solves itself. So, for example. You know, I think that study after study has shown that minimum wage laws just remove people's ability to get work, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I'll give you an example. Now that we've seen this wave across the country that the minimum wage law has been increased, let's say, I think in California, it's like $15 or whatever it is. Gotcha. Well, companies now have started to just replace those jobs with workers. That's true. And so what's sad is that by, by making that law, you've removed someone's choice to take a job. Not the not the obligation, mm. but the choice. So if I was someone, I would have said, Hey, I'm totally okay with doing that job for thirteen dollars an hour. And that would have been a great job for me. That job has now been taken away from me as an option. Right. And so I think it's one of those things where in the universal basic income will be very similar to the situation like this, is that there's a lot of unforeseen consequences when we artificially create it that sounds like a good idea. Right. But I think that it'll have a
0: bad ramifications. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that and and sharing your your commentary on that. It's just that, you know, when we talk about, you know, AI replacing jobs, that's something that comes up, you know, whether it's an election cycle or non-election cycle. That's one of the things that uh, people bring up. Once again, Startup Nation, we are talking to Grant Alders, the founder and CEO of OnlineDegree.com. And once again, you can go to the link in the show notes for easy access to check out uh, the website. Really quick question I want to ask you as well, because as people start to, uh, you know, uh, remotely work from home and remotely, you know, go to school and stuff like that. You know, one of the things that the COVID-19 has kind of exposed now, look, I'll just be honest with you. I'm living here in Memphis, Tennessee. And so uh, from a socioeconomic situation is it's not one of the greatest in the country. I'm just being honest here. Right. And so a lot of students here are are experiencing where. There's work that can be done online, but they don't have Wi-Fi. And so we always talk about the digital divide when it comes to online working online. You know, uh, education and stuff like that. What's your take on that? How, how can we help fix that? Because I imagine, you know, as you do what you do with OnlineDegree.com, like that's something you have to kind of pay attention to as well, correct?
1: Wow. See, that's that's a great example. One, that breaks my heart. Like, you know, you, you hear about someone who wants to learn online right. and they want to make themselves better and they don't have Wi Fi. I mean, right. that honestly, that's like those situations that just break my heart. Right. And you know what I think in that case? I think that what will happen. Happen and what we need to do, there's two answers to that in my mind, at least. Mm-hmm. One is that if that's truly an issue, we, I mean, I think that there's got to be a lot of nonprofits. that got to come in here and start donating these kinds of Wi-Fi and the services, because I think right. that's, especially in a post COVID world, everything will be, is moving online. Right. Not necessarily to the extent that probably all the doomsday people are saying, but right. a, a lot of it will. Gotcha. Well, then we have to be able to get everyone that access. It's like, that. that's like having a refrigerator. That's like having uh, air conditioning, right? You know, what, whatever it is, and more important. And I think the other thing is that I, I would, I'm hoping that in those situations, a school or like in our organization, we would send them a router. I mean, that to me is a, a no brainer. Right. If that's really what's going to hold them back. Like, you know, for example, we launched a new certification program where we're helping people get discounted certification programs that are to design designed to get you to be career ready with one of our university partners it's an amazing program right if that person doesn't have Wi-Fi man I will send them a Wi-Fi route
0: and you're absolutely right I think you know when we talk of, you know bringing in nonprofits to kind of help you know donate monies or Wi-Fi to help lay fiber off the cable what do we have to do because once again you know uh, you know as you're doing with OnlineDegree.com, there there's other barriers that we have to kind of, you know, help people with, you know, to kind of get that online uh, learning because the thing is like, People want to get better. I, I believe that. I think people want to work. I think people want to, you know, sharpen the saw, as Stephen Covey would say, uh, to get better in their career and stuff like that. And so if we can decrease those barriers. I, I am all for that, which is why I'm definitely glad to have you on the show, my man.
1: Well, thank you, man. And You know, that again, that's a great example of like a real impediment that should be focused on as opposed to, you know, giving money away. I, right. I don't think people necessarily need that. I think people just need that. Those that, that little help to get right. rid of those impediments.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that for sure. So, you know, kind of talking to me about, you know, uh, com, man, you know, I think one of the biggest questions people have is like, you know, come on, man, online degree program, you know, freshman year is free. Uh, what's the catch, Grant? What's the grant? So, Grant. What's the catch, man?
1: Yeah, okay. well, <laughs> let me give the background and'll and I'll explain how it works. But sure, there's no catch. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, really, I, I really pride that we've created something that benefits everybody. so right. the the goal here is to make college affordable and accessible, and to help people get that degree for the busy working adult who's at home, who's got kids, who maybe has who's who's who's, who's working, who's not working. And because what you'll realize out there is the whole system is not really designed well for that busy adult. Mm -hmm. And the way I came to this was that I saw that there are about 35 to 40 million adults pre-COVID who want to go back to school, who want to upskill, but they just are not taking that first step. And so what I designed was something to get everybody out and to help take that first step, save them a ton of money and time. So here's how it works. I know you mentioned it before, but the gist of it is, you can come on our platform, get started in 60 seconds, no interviews, no entrance exams, just get started to register, and you can tar- start taking college-level courses towards your degree for free. And we don't stop there. We help you with, uh, we help you with advisement. We help you get further discounts when you choose the school that you're going to enroll to. You can think of it as a modern alternative to the junior college system, right. where it's all online, all on your pace. Um, and, you know, it, it, it just it really has changed the way that people can approach it. So you don't have to jump in the pool going to school. You can wade into the pool. And so to answer your question, you know, how do we make it free? Right. Well, so when I first started this, I knew it had to be free because I knew that we had to get adults to get out of their shell. Right. Because people, I think everybody, um, if you took someone off the street and you said, hey, would you like a, a degree towards your, you know, towards uh, you know, a career that you'd like, everybody would say yes. But the thing is, is that when you you look, that's in like an idealistic sort of way. But if you ask them, you know, well, okay, here's the cost, here's the time, here's what you have to sacrifice. Well, that's what creates the uh, inhibition that people have. So I knew it had to be free so that people could just get in, start taking classes, prove to yourself you've got the time management, you can do it, prove you can be successful online, you definitely can, and then um, overcome all of these fears and anxieties that you have. So it had to be free. Now, of course, the tough thing in education is how do you make it free when tuition has become synonymous Absolutely. with education? Right. So I think one of the cool things that we did, to your again, to your point that you're, you're touching on, which a lot of people don't focus on, is that was really innovative, was that we create a whole new way, a system to pay for it. So what people don't realize is that universities get a huge benefit from what we're doing. So it's obvious the benefit to the student, right? They're saving a ton of time and money, sometimes up to 40% on their degree. For the university, it's a huge win because they have a big problem of getting good students. And When I say good, I mean students who are prepared, who know how to take courses online, who get that's a little bit different, who, um, who don't need to do emerging courses when they get started, who've proven they've got the time management. So what people don't realize is that they go through our uh, different courses, they're making themselves better students and more desirable to universities. And the universities sponsor the entire platform.
0: That's awesome because, you know, and I think universities are starting to see that, you know, tuition may be, you know, uh, you know, getting a little bit out of reach for many, you know, uh, you know, Americans and around the world, mind you. Right. You know, because, you know, you're starting to see that like they're lowering the barriers from Uh, you know, lowering tuition costs, offering pathways to you know have tuition free online courses they even going to the extent of like eliminating some schools eliminating sat and sat and act scores right and so you know i'm really glad that we had you on the show have you on the show to kind of talk about this stuff and startup nation when you look at some of these courses these aren't rinky dink courses these are like legit we're talking about organism you know biology courses we're talking about cooking courses we're talking about computer science courses which is going to be huge moving forward so you know grant if you would man kind of walk me through the course selection why you chose certain courses uh, you know for OnlineDegree.com. degree.com
1: yeah absolutely and also something you touched on which is really important was like you said th- th- knowing which universities um, i call are adult friendly like right. you said no adult wants to take an ACT and SAT exam you exactly. know right you've been right. out of you've been out for 20 years you don't want to do that exactly. you don't need to do that yeah. And so one of the other huge things that I think we do that we don't really talk about, but that's a huge value, is we go out and we find and partner with those adult-friendly universities, the schools that are in their DNA built to help a working adult go back to school, right. so you don't have to go to campus all day. You don't have to leave work a bunch of times during the day, change your life around. No, it's all online. It's on your schedule. No SAT exam. You know all these great things. So I want to make that because that's a really big point that you brought up that we don't. I don't get to talk about all. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, this is so we chose. So we've got fifteen courses that are all introductory. And are on really cool topics, like you just said. I mean, introduction to robotics, uh, computer science, biology, marketing, accounting. Very um, pragmatic and not only interesting, but useful programs towards whatever your degree is going to be. And so um, I wanted to choose courses that adults would be excited to take. So no matter who you are, you'll find one of those courses to be interesting, whether it's history or environmental science, you'll find something that's interesting. Now, something I'm going to help also with your listeners, you know, dispel kind of a myth. Please do. So if you, let's say, want to go back and get a business degree, and let's say you really want to focus on marketing, no matter what degree you choose, you have to take a lot of general education and elective courses for your degree that have nothing to do with your major. Right. So, you know, and universities do this because they want you to be well-rounded. So if you are going to be a marketing major, they're going to make you take a course on history. They're going to make you take a course on English. You know, all of these things are, are, are part of it. So if you go to our program and let's say you do want that, most of our courses will satisfy electives and general education. So, just because you don't see, you know, we've got one marketing course on there that's really great, but you know, you can take the other courses towards your degree and knock out requirements that you would otherwise have to pay for when you get to the university. Right. So it's the whole slate that really helps you out.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, when you go to online dot com startup nation, you know, you can see that there's we're talking about fourteen hundred plus colleges and universities. And we're talking about Colorado State University, Southern New Hampshire University, Trident University of Maryland Global Campus. And the list just goes on and on and on, which it would because you're talking about fourteen hundred uh, colleges and universities. But I, I guess what I'm, I'm pointing out is that there's many to choose from with many different courses. And one thing I would like to also add, which I think is a credit to you, uh, Grant, and your team is that a lot of these courses that you're talking about are, I'm not saying they won't ever be automated or something like that, but they will probably be some of the last ones to be automated because there's that level of creativity when you're talking about marketing and cooking and robotics and stuff like that. So I appreciate you sharing that.
1: You're right. That was also part of it. You know, um, when when I initially worked with our advisory board to create those course lists, you're right. That was top of mind, right? We want to, we saw these waves of adversity coming for the American workforce. And how do we position these courses to help serve as a springboard towards getting into careers that are less likely um, to be you know, automated, like to your point. Yeah. So you're right, robotics. We need more people, in fact, to, um, to be designing and working on robots. There's a public health course. The healthcare field is going to continue to boom. Right. And we need more people who are frontline care workers. Um, you know, So exactly.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. Let me ask you this because you were talking about your advisory board and stuff like that. So that speaks to a bigger question. So, you know, when you're talking about a platform like online degree program, what it does, what it aims to do, you know, uh, imagine that when you're selling this, not necessarily from a monetary standpoint, but to bring people on board, you know, as you bring people on your advisory board, as you bring people to kind of work for online degree dot com, like what? How are you? How are you selling your team on? Why this is important work? Why? Are, how do you sell them on why we need to do this now? Just kind of share with me what those conversations sound like, Grant. If you-
1: yeah, well, you know, uh, this is also something that I would love to kind of condense as part of a book one day because I stumbled upon this in on in complete honesty. Uh-huh. You know, I would encourage any of your listeners who are thinking about a startup or their own company to create. A, to, to create a very strong mission statement that solves something in whatever that industry is today, because when you do that, everybody in the industry just naturally coalesces around you because they all want it solved, and they and they and they honestly will follow you all the way through because it's in everyone's interest. I came into this space knowing nobody. I mean, I came from the outside. I came from the pharma industry. Right. I knew nobody. And all I had was a strong mission statement. I want to make education affordable and accessible. So you'd think going into a new space right after a whole career in another one, I mean, it's all about relationships. How do you put all these teams together? How do you know anybody? Right. But I was so lucky that I touched on to such a large pain point and such a good mission statement to, to solve it that people will literally, once you fly that flag, people will literally come to you and say, you know what, I love what you're doing. You know, you're doing it in the right way. I want to be part of it. And that's been magic because it's not me. It really has all come towards that banner that you're all behind. And I really think that that's a key part that, you know, a lot of people miss when they're creating a business
0: idea. And it's been, it's been huge. Right. For sharing that, And I wanted to ask that because, you know, I, I wanted to kind of highlight and you did perfectly that like, no, none of this happens without a team. Like nobody does stuff like this by yourself. You yeah. have to build relationships and stuff like that. I mean, you may have the idea, but you know, you got to build a coalition, right? You know, so I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out.
1: You know, and you're right. And like, you know, now kind of now taking that another level of sure. like having that strong statement. Yeah, I, I think that you touched on another big factor of that, which is people, like hiring. Right. Because I remember there was an article I read about. You know, they were they were asking all these experts about how do you keep people motivated? How do you keep your employees happy? And you know, honestly, you when you look at that article, and there's not, you know, I won't name names, but there was tons of junk in there. And I'm gonna call it junk because it was about goodies that they would give their employees and, you know, all of these things that were superficial and don't matter. The only thing that matters is that people want to have meaning with their work. And when you have a strong mission and you hire people that believe in that mission, it totally changes the whole organization because they get it that, hey, if it's Saturday and someone emails me and you know what, and I, and I know that that's going to hold something up, they're going to get up out of the couch and they're going to go respond to that email because they care. Absolutely. And that's what you want. You want someone who cares. And and, you, and, and because of that, you don't have to manage them Absolutely. because these people know what the goal is, right? It's easy because we all know what the goal is. We all know what we want to do and how we're going to be um, solving this problem. It just solves everything. So I really think that that strong mission statement is what you need because it, it really it, 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 uh, it filters out the people you don't want in the organization.
0: Absolutely. And, and I, I totally agree, agree with that because you, you're talking about, you know, a, a program that people can get behind, a mission statement that people can get behind as opposed to just gimmicks, like giving them, you know, an a, a iPad or something, you know, to kind of keep them motivated because iPads get old, right? But a mission statement <laughs> Or, or program or something that's that's everlasting, that's evergreen, and so that that that's what you know keeps you uh, invigorated. And maybe you have to be reminded of the mission statement every so often. You know, we're all human, right? Things happen, but I, I think you know you you hit on a great point that like that mission statement, the 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 fact that the goal of what we're trying to accomplish uh, is everlasting, and that's how you ultimately keep a team motivated, and that's where that buy in comes on. And so thank you for sharing. That. I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's a great example, right? Yeah. The I- iPad, the um, you know the 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 stocked fridge with goodies in it all day. Right. That, but
0: you're right, right. It's fleeting. It, it, you know the the, the fridge is going to get empty eventually. So I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> it's going to get empty eventually. So you know one person is going to help themselves a little bit too much from time to time. But that's a whole nother podcast. But anyway, if I, I want to ask this. Uh, about how you made the relationships with the colleges? Because I I imagine that, you know, there may have been a little bit of apprehension at first or something like that, or maybe there was an apprehension. Maybe they got it instantly. Kind of walk me through what that looked like partnering with the, the schools and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that's a really difficult challenge because, you know, universities are absolutely slow moving entities that are difficult to crack into. I mean, it's just like, people compared to, you know, working with government. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that. Mm -hmm. So the way that I approached it was first, I kind of stumbled upon, which was back to that mission statement. I didn't realize how valuable that would be because with that mission statement, I literally just cold called, but not called. I either through LinkedIn or email, messaged some of the people at these universities and just told them what I was doing. And because they cared about it, they liked it. I was able to cut through the noise mm. that fills their inbox every day. I'm sure, and get them to at least give me a forum to tell them about it. Gotcha. And so I, I really don't think it was anything interesting that, that about me, but just the fact that I really like LinkedIn. I pay for their extra um, package so that I can utilize it. Like I think it's like 40 bucks a month, gotcha. and you know you can reach out to people. It's, I think it's invaluable. And um really just having that mission i kind of i would i would lead with that and and because i assumed that the people who cared about that problem who wanted to to help me as well that they would reciprocate and so you know funny is that much much later a lot of when i started to get more industry people involved and i got more mentors and you know a lot of uh i would say real all stars in the space right they all kind of marvelled they said how did you come in and get all these partners so quickly mm. and i said I just reached out and told him what I was doing. And it, it seems so simple. But, you know, I think that, again, back to that challenge, if you really have a mission that touches on something that people truly care about, it kind of sets you up for success.
0: Right, right. Thank you for sharing that. I, I, I definitely know what you're talking about as far as like when you said, you know, how did you get so many partners so quickly? And, and, and the, I get that question when we get asked, how do you get the amazing guests that you have on the show? It's like, man, I just, yeah. asked, I just asked. <laughs> like what's, yeah. the, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: You're right. So, yeah. That's actually a really good parallel for right, that. Right. That's, that's exactly it. Cause, cause you know, for example, um, you know, the, obviously I, you know, looked and I did all the research and I found, you know, the podcast. I'm like, I love this because right. I had a real passion for it, but man, you could, because that you've made that part of your brand and startup life and, and what most entrepreneurs care so much about and really enjoy talking about. Yeah. And you essentially in your mission and what you want to do by educating people about it lets you cut in the door. It's great.
0: Right. Right. Thank you for sharing that. I've seen you another check in the mail, my man, for all those kind of words. <laughs> uh, so, all, right. Uh, <laughs> all right, Startup Nation. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson and you're listening to The Startup Life. episode of the startup life is tucked in nice and tight by philip stein and the philip stein sleep bracelet startup nation getting quality sleep is super important especially for those of us as entrepreneurs i know for me if i don't get enough quality sleep Not only do I not perform well while working in my business or exercising, but also it really affects my mental health and that doubt starts to creep in. And that's the last thing we want as entrepreneurs. Also, with everything going on, good quality sleep is important to repair the body and support a good immune system. And that is why, Startup Nation, I wear the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet. The Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet uses natural frequency technology to reinforce our biomagnetic field to improve deep sleep, length of sleep, and overall sleep quality. This helps produce a healthier heart, regulate weight control, and helps strengthen the immune system, which helps destroy bacteria and viruses. Right now, when you go to philipstein.com, use code SLEEPEZ and you will get 10% off the entire store. That's promo code SLEEP, capital E, capital Z. So if you are ready to be more productive in leading your business, go with the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet, proven to be natural and safe to give you a better deeper sleep this episode of the startup life is brought to you by the risk management society startup nation the risk management society or rims is a global organization dedicated to the profession of risk management for nearly 60 years rims has delivered the latest strategies and resources that allow risk professionals to grow innovate and succeed in any business rims works with industry leaders to produce content and online training that business professionals turn to topics include business continuity cyber risk risk management techniques the fundamentals of insurance and more there is also a private members only site where people can discuss sensitive issues and get honest answers members have been leaning on each other as we all navigate this global pandemic If you're concerned about the safety of your employees and the sustainability of your organization, you need the resources and connections RIMS provides. Learn more at go.rims.org forward slash startup life. If you're listening to the replay on the podcast, we have a link there in the show notes. You can save 25% off a year-long membership. So if you're ready to get the resources and strategies you need to manage risk, go with RIMS and join their global network of over 10,000 members across more than 60 countries. Support for The Startup Life is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Startup Nation, personal grooming is super important, not only from a hygiene standpoint, but also from a confidence one as well. And that is why you need to have a tight haircut and, well, a nice groomed undercarriage as well. And when doing that, you don't want to use the same razor, do you? That's just absurd. And this is why our friends at Manscaped have given you another option. Introducing the all new Lawnmower 3.0 by Manscaped. This lightweight and waterproof razor features precision. Engineer blades for safe trimming in sensitive areas and a 7000 rpm motor with quiet stroke technology ladies father's day is just around the corner and this will make a perfect gift for that guy on the go use code the startup life in all caps for 20 off and free shipping on your brand new lawnmower 3.0 at manscaped.com we have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on the podcast and while you're there be sure to check out all the other products from manscaped.com as well so for proper manscaping without the fear of hurting anything, go with Manscaped. Trust me, your family of jewels will thank you. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. Uh, once again, we're talking to Grant Aldridge, the founder and CEO of OnlineDegree.com. Once again, go to OnlineDegree.com. If you're thinking about going back to school, if you're that working adult and you are find yourself trying to figure out, you know what, maybe I want to try something different. Go to OnlineDegree.com. We have a link there in the show notes if you're listening to the replay on the podcast. You know, Grant, I want to ask you this, man. Like, you know, I, I, I came across some research and you were talking about your wife and stuff like that. How important has she been on your you know, path to entrepreneurship, you know, uh, up until this point?
1: Yeah. Wow. Uh, honestly, I feel that if I didn't have her and her support, there's nothing, none of this would have been achievable. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this on a few different levels sure. because if, if someone is looking to start a, create a startup, you know, this is critical. I mean, not only did she play a part and a really huge part in actually coming up with the whole idea, I'll tell that story, Mm -hmm. but I think more importantly, regardless of what that idea was, being an entrepreneur is amazing. But what what people don't always talk about is how scary and hard it really is. This is the dark side that the media doesn't always talk about. Mm -hmm. And when you're, when you begin a startup, you have so many ups and downs. It's an emotional roller coaster. And you're, you're you're taking this huge risk, you know, not only in your, you know, because you're obviously leaving a job that's in the economy and you're trying to pave your own way. So you're foregoing that revenue. You're investing your own money. You are taking all kinds of risk for not only yourself, but your family. Mm. And it always is longer and harder than you anticipate. It could be years like this. Right. And if you don't have a bedrock of moral and um, support, like a good spouse, you will absolutely fail. Because when the times are tough, when money gets tight, when you're down and if that person is doesn't make it better, oh, you will crack. You just can't do it. The and fact. I'm so lucky, yeah, I'm so lucky that my wife, You know, this is not my first rodeo. This is my, you know, third or fourth, depending on how you look at it. And, you know, knowingly going back into this now with small children and her knowing that and believing in me and supporting me on all those low times, it's been invaluable.
0: Thank you for sharing. All of that, for sure. So, look, man, I I came across some information that you grew up in Thousand Oaks, California, which is very close to Hollywood and stuff like that. And you talked about how, you know, you grew up around like a a lot of, you know, films and movies being made and stuff like that. What's a a favorite uh, TV or movie film from your from your youth that you really like?
1: Yeah. I, I did. Yeah. So Thousand Oaks because of its proximity to LA right. used to be like the movie set for Westerns mm. and for like, there's a, like, and this is an old show, but gotcha. there was a show called Bonanza oh, where yeah. people would, but, <laughs> yeah. Where they would like, you remember the horses would ride down the hill. That's like right down the street from where <laughs> I grew up. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Cause it was just open land at the time. It's not like that anymore. Gotcha. Uh, but, uh, yeah. You know, a lot of my friends when growing up were, you know, had little parts in like, you know, Hollywood, it, it's okay. there because the okay. industry, Hollywood, the Hollywood industry is there. Right. Um, I'm a total sucker for eighties kids movies. So okay. I watched them all. I love them all to this day. Like Goonies. I still love, um, i trying to think Monster of one of like maybe? the other. Oh yeah. See all of those. I'm, I'm a such okay. a sucker. <laughs> love it. Gotcha. And, uh, I probably dated myself. I'm about, I'm almost 40. And, um, you know, those, those shows to me, like embody, like what it was like to be a kid. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of a sad thing, I guess, in one way, but I can't, I can't fight it. It is what it is.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I I definitely feel that sentiment. I'm almost 40 as well. So I I definitely get it. You know, Goonies, Monster Squad, you know, a little bit of stuff like that. So, yeah, I actually have to go back. Uh, Matter of fact, me and my wife uh, recently watched Never Ending Story again. Uh you know, the, the yeah. back. I was like, I don't remember. Like I know I saw it, but I don't remember. And that and we also went back and saw The Land Before Time as well. Got a good Oh out of
1: wow. That one. Yeah. So <laughs> Seriously. But those those that was two good references, by the way. Never ending story would have been another one. You're right. right uh right. you know, a you know? <laughs> Oh yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that, going down memory lane a little bit with me. Uh we did kind of ask you that for sure. Uh, Let me ask you this, man: What's your? uh, You know, you've been in a couple of startups and and stuff like that. What's your entrepreneurial superpower? You think, Grant?
1: Okay, I think that is my superpower. I believe, at least now, from this vantage point, is I've asked myself a three thousand year old maxim from ancient Greece, and I think every entrepreneur needs to ask themselves this this question or or, or address this statement, and it's know thyself. Mm -hmm. And so, to give you guys some history. On that. Um, In ancient Greece, there was the Temple of Apollo in Delphi. And what it was was it was the Apollo was the god of wisdom. And it was inscribed on the top of the temple, know thyself. And the logic behind it was, how could you know anything? Or how could you obtain true wisdom if you don't even know yourself? The one thing that you should know better than anybody else. Right. And when I hear, and this is important for anybody who's going to be creating a company, because I think that the one thing that no one ever addresses when they start coming up with business ideas is themselves. Mm. So when you hear people and like, so, so Dominic, you and I, this is, this is second nature. Cause you know, when you're, when you're an entrepreneur, you're always coming up with business ideas and you're always talking about it with your friends. It's a fun exercise that you do. And you don't ever, you don't always act on every idea, but that's the fun part is to come up, come up with the idea, shoot it down, figure out what's good. Right. You, you just, it's a constant exercise. Absolutely. And, yeah, and, and you would have been, let me ask you, you'd probably agree with this. How many times when you're coming up with the idea and you're coming up with all of the factors that make up a good idea, right? Does it scale? What's the you know what's the business model? Um, you know what's your what's your cost structure? How often do we ever bring up is this the right business for you?
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, that, <laughs> never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely, I definitely had a few conversations. not just, just by, with myself, but with my wife as well. So yeah, definitely understand that because I, I keep telling yeah. her because I give a lot of like when I t- have solo episodes, I give a lot of examples and I use a cupcake business. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to start a cupcake business, even though I've never baked a cake in my life. But I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm going to make a, make a cupcake in business. But go ahead, man. I mean to cut you off.
1: No, no, but but, that, but that's it, right like you know I give I'll, I'll usually give this example you know, if you know yourself and you really know what's going to make you happy and what you're good at, what you're not good at, right. I think that's the key to obtaining true happiness because I see so often that people will choose a great business idea, no mm-hmm. doubt They're, it by all of the conventional metrics and standards, it's a good business idea, but it's the wrong business for them right so I'll, you know if you, for example, are someone who um, wants to be in board shorts every day. You should not choose a career where you have to suit up and go door to door living in that suit every single day. Exactly. It's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, you're not being authentic. It's not going to be you. And, um, you know, even though you get all excited in the very beginning, three years down the road, four years, five years, mm-hmm. six years, you're going to hate it. You're right. absolutely going to hate it. And so people don't have the foresight all the time to, to ask that. And they haven't asked themselves that question. Do I really know myself? I'll give you one other, one other example. Sure. Let's say you know, you're a terrible manager, which I believe I am. I think I'm a terrible manager. Okay. Well, then you shouldn't create an organization where you need to be directly managing tons of people all day long. You're setting yourself up for failure. And that's something that I, I, I always try to bring into the mix when I'm helping other young entrepreneurs or whatnot is they got to ask themselves that question.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing. That. And you know, in that same vein, I want to ask a follow-up question, man. Because w- w- what makes you say that you're a terrible manager? Like, what are some of those? Like, <laughs> if there's like anecdotes, if there's like certain like you know uh, doctrines that you have that just doesn't fit the managing prototype, why you say that? Let me remind Yeah.
1: Well, I I want to be honest with myself, sure. right? Because I think that's the first step to, to improving right. yourself. I I got to be honest. You know, I'll, I'll kind of start here. You know, when I I don't enjoy, like, I want to call it the the, the typical management, right? Where if, you, if everybody looks in their mind and they say, you know, what does a manager do? He checks in on people, sees what they're doing. He keeps them motivated. I'm just, I, I just don't enjoy those things. I don't like gotcha. to be keeping tabs on people. I don't like to... Um, you know, I don't like to think about, you know, are they doing their job or not? I just, it it just, it's a downer for me. And I would rather um, pick someone who's more of like an officer type where, Hey, you know what you need to do. And if you get it done, excellent. And if you don't get it done, then, you know, Hey, there, then maybe this isn't the right role for you. But the sad reality is, is that you don't always, you're not always able to engineer roles like that. Sometimes it just doesn't work. And so, by knowing that I'm not a good manager, that I don't like doing it, it has helped me because I've created – obviously, we have people here at Online Degree. We're right. a, you know good-sized team. We're still a small team, but there's a, but we, we, we're we only as good as our people. Right. It's allowed me to build in systems and roles that I don't have to be involved in. and because and, I don't want to be involved. I don't want to be at the clock. I don't want to be checking the clock. I don't want any of that. And it's helped me overcome
0: a lot of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it, that kind of makes sense. And I mean that from the standpoint of something we were talking about earlier as far as like, you know, having that buy in as far as like uh, you know, what the mission is and stuff like that. If you have that buy in on the front end, you don't have to do that whole micromanaging stuff that you don't hate anyway. So I can see why you would say that. I can I, I can definitely see why you say that.
1: That's right. That was one of the things that's definitely helped that because, right. you know, before I I think I fell victim to what everybody else does, where it's really hard to hire. Really hard. Like once you get around that ring of people that where you've got like one degree of separation where you know the person and you want to give them a job and that you 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 you're intimately aware of how good they are and if there's any uh, faults. Right. Once you start going out there to hire people, wow, that is scary. Mm. And for for a young company, if you make a wrong hiring decision, it can break you because all of a sudden. You know, you lose six months of time, you, all the expense and time you invested in that person are gone. It's a scary thing. And so you're right. By kind of having that mission, it's helped me help myself and identify people who want to be part of it. And they're not looking t- to me to constantly be there to manage them. Because right. again, it's just not what I, I want to be furthering the mission and I want these people around me, but I don't want them dependent upon me. I want them to be able to do it on their own.
0: I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that for sure. Know thyself, startup nation. I think that's a big takeaway. Uh, you know, from the many others, of, of course. But this is a definitely a big one because knowing thyself, I imagine, you know, puts you in tune with your values, your doctrine, your strategies, and that way you can impart that wisdom, impart that you know that business acumen, and uh, going out into the world. You know, first, start internally, then externally. So I appreciate you sharing that, Grant.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I hope I
0: hope it serves them well. Oh no, I'm I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. So before I ask the last question, I just want to say, GA, thank you so much for coming on the show, my man. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor, and you've given so much value and so much knowledge that we can definitely chew on and put in our uh, entrepreneurial toolkit. But I'm actually, man. I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, let you rock the mic a little bit by yourself, because there's somebody out there in Startup Nation that, you know, this feeling a little down the dumps, man. This, you know, world pandemic hasn't, you know, it's kind of rocked them back a little bit. And, you know, small business, man, a lot of them are not doing so well right now. So if you would, man, give them a few words of encouragement to take them out for the day, if you would.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would first say that remember that all of these things are probably not the most important part of your life. As bad as it is, and if even if we were all destitute financially, most likely we've all got family and we've all got things around us that are far more important. That even though these things are stressful and it's easy to say cuz I've been very close to that, you can just reflect on really what's important and that probably when you're in your deathbed one day, this may be a little bit dark, but follow me here when you're in your deathbed one day and you look back, you're not going to really care about these little ups and downs of the work. You're going to care about your children, your parents, your family, your friends, and the people that were around you that you had an impact on and not the day the market crashed. Right. So that would be the first thing I would say to hopefully make you feel better and put things in perspective. The next thing I would say is, you know, utilize this time. People are looking at this time as, you know, kind of like a, you know, a virtual prison. Look at it as an opportunity for that introspection, to get to know yourself that people rarely ever get. I mean, it took me, oh, it's a story for another time, almost dying in a swimming accident on the ocean, to finally ask myself that question and really dig deep to find, and I, I was actually surprised at what I found, to get to know myself, because then you get the blueprint for happiness. And maybe you'll realize that that business that, You know, has now been affected was not what you wanted to do anyway, and this is the perfect opportunity to get that, you know, idle loan or whatever it is the bank or from the from the uh, the government and totally change direction. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I would encourage people to do that right now, and maybe they're going to be on a better path than they ever were on. I
0: heard that. Thank you so much. Awesome stuff, and that's going to wrap up our time. On the Startup Life, Grant, you've been a scholar and a gentleman, my man. I really appreciate your time today.
1: Thanks for having me on, man. You've got uh, an incredible set of guests. I love your show. Man, it was a real honor for me to be on here. Thank you, man. No worries.
0: No worries. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life. It's a Startup Life. Hey, Startup Nation. So the content for today ran a bit long, and I don't want to get in trouble with my radio partners, as always. But however, you know that story that Grant was talking about, about a swimming accident in the ocean? Well, if you want to hear that content, go over to the Startup Life podcast to catch that bonus content because I knew that story was going to be a bit long, but I wanted you to hear that story. It's a fascinating story that you can definitely get some value from. So go to the Startup Life to get that extra content. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, startup Automation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, Please give us a five star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life podcast new website. There you will find the all new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life. The Startup Life. This episode of The Startup Life is brought to you by People Ready. Startup Nation, you have a lot on your plate. The last thing you need to stress about is finding quality staff or the available work you need to be successful. Save time and headache by working with a trusted staffing partner that meets your everyday needs. People Ready is a national staffing provider with over 600 locations across the country and 30 plus years of experience serving people just like you. They specialize in a variety of industries including retail, manufacturing, logistics, general cleaning, hospitality, construction, and more. People Ready understands that you're busy and on the go. That's where their mobile app, JobStack, comes in. Use the app to place orders or find work 24/7 or wherever you are. And as social distancing continues to change the way we interact with customers, colleagues, and our everyday lives, JobStack provides the ability to find the right temporary workers or work you need while eliminating the amount of physical touch points needed in the staffing process. Visit peopleready.com forward slash startup life to learn more about how you can partner with People Ready. This episode is sponsored by Swanson Health. Startup Nation, Swanson Health has been producing quality vitamins and supplements, foods, healthy home, and self-care products for over 50 years, since 1969, from the heart of America. Swanson Health carries over 20,000 wellness products at a great value. Pick up all of your favorite health products, plus discover new ones for your wellness routine, all while leaving money in your pocket. If you want to try any of Swanson Health's great products for yourself, use code STARTUP20 for 20% off at swanson.com. We have a link there in the show notes if you listen to the replay on the podcast.